On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. This episode is brought to you by Smart Food. What makes Smart Food so smart? It's Air Pop Popcorn, tossed in white cheddar cheese, only 70 calories per cup. A notorious black bag of popcorn deliciousness. You are what you eat. Welcome to the Smart Club. Shop now at snacks.com. Welcome to WrestleWolf. This is AEW Weekly. I am Dr. Damien Gibson. And there's no one joining me today. Uh, Matthew of the Kayfabe family is on assignment. Um, Yeah, so it's just me. Sorry, guys. Um, we're going to quickly go through Impact and then go through AEW Dynamite. Um, I'm going to try and keep it relatively brief. Um, cause yeah, it's just me on my own. Um, and also I don't know if a huge amount kind of happened that was, um, rad this week, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, Impact. I just wanted to quickly point out, I'm really happy to see uh, Tennille Dashwood doing stuff um, uh, in the wrestling. Um, She's really good. She's really, really good. I'm biased. She's Australian. Uh, For some reason, I get very nationalistic about Australian wrestlers when I don't with anything else. Um, But yeah, she she is... um, streaks ahead of of anyone i've seen on the impact roster um i know that's probably going to get a lot of people up in arms because there's a lot of people who love the women's division in in impact uh and that's cool i fine i get it but uh i I, me the doctor remember i have a doctor in wrestling i think tenille dashwood is the best woman on the impact roster um yeah i (sighs) I was sort of tossing up whether I would go through the whole card and stuff. I think I'll just point out a few, because I also don't want to be like impact and then just talk about the AEW um, component of it, even though this is an AEW podcast. I don't want to be that dismissive to impact. It's a good show and I'm enjoying watching it. Uh, TPG's character Manic, I really like. Uh, Chris Bay, I like as well. Um, They had an interesting match this week um what else got my attention the karate man i'm interested in the karate man even though i feel like aaron stevens has already kind of done this on nwa but i but i am interested in that um carl anderson versus chris saban which was the the headline match good match um The Motor City uh, Machine Guns, I'm really happy to see them. I'd heard a lot about them, um, uh, but hadn't really seen a lot of their stuff. And, and I really like Chris Sabian quite a lot as a, as a performer. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. 
Carl Anderson got the win in this match because of what happened after the match. Uh, Carl Anderson got the win. Uh, there's been this sort of back and forth where uh, Rich Swan, who's the Impact Champion, keeps trying to go out into the car park and uh, a security guard keeps stopping him from going out there. Um, there was a sort of run-in earlier in the night where Rich Swan, you know, had a a word to Carl Anderson about like, you know, what are you doing with Kenny Omega, man? Like, you, you're better than that. You're an Impact guy. Don't worry about it. Blah, 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 blah. Which got Kenny so mad. Um, so after the match, Carl Anderson gets the win. He's out in the back area. Um, uh, he gets confronted by Rich Swan uh, and the and the uh, Money City uh, Machine Guns. I keep going to say Money City Maniacs, which is a Sloan song. Uh, so if I do say that, I I apologize. <laughs> and um, uh, anyway. They start to get into a um, scuffle. Um, Luke Gallows appears out of nowhere and... Uh, or Doc Gallows, sorry. Appears out of nowhere and bang! He uh, lays out a couple of the machine guns. And then Kenny Omega appears and takes out Rich Swan. And then Kenny Omega says, I'm reform- reforming the Bullet Club. Bang! Um... I felt like with both shows this week, Impact and Dynamite, there was a lot of okay stuff, and then the endings of both shows were like, "Oh, hello." Um, the reform, the reformation of Bullet Club, and using—I think Matt was onto something last week where um, it kind of flew over my head a bit of like how much New Japan property was sort of being mentioned on Impact. Now I know Impact and New Japan sort of. Um, uh, relationship seems to be better than Dynamite's and New Japan's. Um, but it was just interesting to, you know, see that AEW were involved in a storyline where New Japan was being mentioned. Um, and then this just solidified it that, um, I mean, you kind of knew when Carl Anderson was talking to Kenny Omega last week, he's like, are they going to reform? It'll be interesting to see how long this reformation is for. Um, it's definitely, um, up until the next Impact pay per view, where the um, the Machine Guns and Rich Swan will be taking on Bullet Club, but I'd love to see, God, I would love to see Bullet Club reform and then just take over every show in America, NWA. Uh, uh, Dynamite, um, you know, Ring of Honor, New Japan. Like, imagine imagine them just going from show to show, just causing havoc. It's just beautiful. We move on to Dynamite. Um, this is definitely an area where I feel a bit more comfortable. I feel a bit out of my comfort zone talking about impact, but I'll, I'll get there. Um... Yeah, the first match we had Hangman Page in the Dark Order versus Matt Hardy in Private Party. Um, anyone who has listened to our AEW show previously will know that I don't really have a huge amount of interest in anyone involved in this <laughs> show. I think this would be, uh, in this match, I think this would be the kind of match where Matt would usually drag my rating from like a C plus to like a B plus. Um, but he's not here, 
So I I saw that people enjoyed this match, and I didn't like. I'm not hating on it. It was fine. Um, I, I'm at the point with Matt Hardy where I I just don't. I do, I don't know. I I don't want him in mid card. Like you know, I just don't want him in mid card feuds in in AEW. I feel like he's bigger than that. But also, I don't think he has the ability to carry top of the card matches. So it's this weird juxtaposition where it's like I just don't really want to see him. Um, I don't enjoy him, which is because I thought I would. Um, and I'm just not, uh, and I don't, I, you know, I know people are like, oh, relax. It's just a bit of fun, blah, blah, I don't want to see Hangman Page anywhere near the Dark Order. I just don't. People love John Silver because he's getting over on BTE for being funny and stuff, and that's fine. But as I keep reiterating, Hangman Page is the future of this company. Um, you know, there's you MJFs and Orange Cassidy's and, you know, but um, but yeah, I I just you know maybe I'm being too over the top when it comes to Hangman Page, but I just I don't know I just didn't really enjoy this. Um, Cody Rhodes versus Angelico before this, so there's a couple of things I really want to point out this week, and then the rest of the episode is kind of like eh. Cody and Brandy's like Instagram story about being pregnant that they put in the middle of my wrestling show um i don't care i don't care that you're pregnant um this you know i mean that's harsh for me i know most people would be like oh but like i just it was kind of used in a storyline but i just if it if it's part if it's part of a character study or story where it's like oh well we want hate we want you to hate cody and brandy because they come across so smug in this promo then cool you you know mission accomplished um i I just you know i already wasn't a fan of brandy and this almost made me instantaneously hate cody Rhodes. um especially the look to the dog of like "Mm -hmm, baby protector (laughs) oh god god Ugh. Um, anyway, this match between Cody Rhodes and Angelico, I really enjoyed. And I want to see more of Angelico and TH2. Um, but I think Angelico showed that he could be a singles, uh, a standout singles performer. Um, Eddie Kingston addresses his enemies. Uh, he addressed Pac, claiming to have uh, ended the bastard's career. Um. Murderhawk uh, came out, made his presence felt, attacking him. Uh, the Lucha Brothers hit the ring next. Um, and then Pac appeared, which was a nice little pop. Um, yeah, this was this was fine. Um, it's kind of leaving a few storylines open-ended, so anything can sort of happen out of there. Eddie Kingston's great, and, and anything he's involved in is, is top-notch. Uh, the 12-man tag team match, which, uh, yeah, ended up being a 10-man tag team match. Um, was it? No, it was still 12-10. Anyway, um, I think Wardlow and Brandon Cutler were cut out of it because Wardlow was sick and Brandon Cutler 
dared speak up to Jim Ross about what I've been complaining about Jim Ross for for 12 months, which is that he's constantly shitting on his own product, which not only hurts AEW as a brand, but like detracts from uh, my enjoyment of the show on a weekly basis. Um, I mean, he's constantly having a go at Smarks about saying things like, they're going to get the pish and shit like that. He's the ultimate Smark. I mean, he sits on commentary every week and shits on everything that he doesn't like, you know? I mean, just because you're a, a glorified, like, oh, he, I'm, you know, and then the fact that uh, you know, Brandon Cutler has a go at Jim Ross, which I think is perfectly warranted in this situation. And I'm surprised it hasn't happened sooner. It's probably been the um, reverence that most people have for Jim Ross, which I also don't understand. Tenure doesn't equal respect. Um, Why people haven't come out and said this earlier. Um, It seems to be something that not many people worry about. But I mean, when you think about it in the terms of... uh, you know, that sort of 50-plus demographic that WWE seem to hold on to. Let's say one of them, like, flicks across and the only person they recognize is Jim Ross. And then Jim Ross basically goes, eh, don't worry about this match. This is shit. Then that person turns off and goes straight back to NXT or whatever they're watching, you know? Um, he's old. He's not vibrant. He's not. He's not the right look or... Um, feel for the company. I mean, look in the sense of like, you know, he's this old cowboy sitting on the commentary desk. Like, I just, it makes no sense to me. Um, you know, uh, anyway, um, I just, I couldn't believe that Brandon Cutler was cut out of the match um, because, <laughs> because of, you know, negative comments towards JR. But anyway, um, this match was fine. I didn't really pay that much attention to it, to be honest. Uh, this is the next thing that I really want to talk about. Uh, the SGU versus the Acclaimed. The, the promo before this match is one of the worst things I've seen uh, in a really long time. Um, anytime a wrestler raps, uh, it's usually awful. Um, especially when they're doing like battle rhyme raps. Um, I, I wasn't... I felt awkward watching the acclaimed do it. I was like, okay, maybe this gimmick will work on me, but it's not at the moment. And then we get Frankie Kazarian doing rhymes back at the acclaimed. And that was the point where I almost completely checked out of this episode. This was just awful. I heard the Cultaholic boys this morning talking about how it was a bit of fun and how much they enjoyed it. I usually agree with almost every single thing that everyone in that, on that channel says. Um, this was just, it, it just, it wasn't even fun in a, in a big movie kind of way or, or, you know, it's so bad. It's good. It was just bad. It was just bad and embarrassing. Um, and when people can watch whatever they want, whenever they want, and this is what AEW is putting out to try and keep people watching, Jesus Christ. And then you had to watch SCU wrestle. You had to watch two 75-year-olds wrestle. Um, I just, you know, I will keep saying it and as long as SCU keep getting booked. Um, this nepotism has to stop. 
Simple as that. Um, yeah, I, di- I did not enjoy any of this. Um, big swell on Serena D versus Diamante and uh, Lise. Not a bad match. Enjoyed this. Um, you know, Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero getting involved. I don't hate it. Always happy to see the girls get some time. Um, and I thought this was okay. Uh, now we're at the headliner. It's your main event, ladies and gentlemen. It is Joey Janela versus Kenny Omega. I really enjoyed this match. I thought it was a great match. I thought Joey Janela did uh, fantastically well. I want to see more of him in a singles um, scenario and not... They managed to sort of like get Janela to... I wouldn't say do a job because he didn't just flat back and get the pin... Um, I mean, they, they really sort of went to town in this match, but it, it made Kenny look stronger. And there was the continuing storyline of like, well, Joey Janela didn't, was meant to compete in the tournament that led to Kenny Omega being champion, but he didn't. So it was Kenny Omega answering a question, uh, which Don Carlos actually said at the, at the end of the, the match. And then that led to Pac coming out with Death Triangle and saying, well, there's another question that you haven't answered, which is, can you beat Ray Phoenix? And I really enjoyed this on a number of levels. It's storytelling leading into other stories being told. It's, it was just very seamless and nice. Um, and also Ray Phoenix versus Kenny Omega. Fucking what a great match. Um, so... Yeah, Omega will defend the championship against Phoenix on on December thirtieth, which I absolutely can't can't wait for. Um, I've kind of flown through that a bit, but um, I think that's probably what you guys want to want to hear as far as recaps and stuff are concerned. Unless Matthew's around and we sort of get into it a bit more, I'll just leave you with this. I know I bang on quite a bit about. Uh, JR, but having like myself worked in quite a few organizations where, um, it just even if I hadn't, negativity breeds, and when you've got literally one of the faces of a company constantly being negative to the audience about the product, about the wrestling, about the wrestlers, um, it needs to end. And it's not just the little quips that he'll make every now and then. It is very apparent that he has wrestlers that he likes and wrestlers that he doesn't. And the ones that he doesn't, he doesn't learn anything about them. He doesn't know their name. He doesn't know their moves. When was the last time you heard Jim Ross, you know, actually mention a wrestler's move? The only time he gets excited is if John Moxley is out there kind of Kenny Omega, the Bucks, you know, anyone who uh, signs his paychecks, basically. Any gimmick that he thinks is shit, he'll rubbish it. And the fact that <laughs> the fact that wrestlers are now getting heat for speaking back to him is something that AEW really need to keep an eye on because on screen, everything's great. Impact and, and Dynamite crossovers are fantastic more of that um Kenny Omega is the star of wrestling at the moment um so th- that's all good and the in-ring content is good although this week's dynamite was a bit of a bit 
holding patterny for me. I mean, I know there's three big shows coming up, so AEW tend to do this, and it kind of has to happen sometimes when it comes to stories where you've got to just sort of push the stories along and nothing sort of big and exciting happens. Um, and that that's fine. Um, but, yeah, the behaviour that JR has obviously shown backstage this week is the reason why a lot of people... Um, including like his new best friend or recent best friend, Eric Bischoff spoke about JR for years as being this kind of person. And it like, as you get older, you care less about what people think about you. And it's starting to show, um, AEW is a year old as a company, why they don't have a panel of commentators or just two commentators that are young and vibrant, like, um, Excalibur and someone else, or a recently retired or on the verge of retiring wrestler um, out there, I don't know. And then you, you like you have Shivani as your interviewer guy with Dasha or, or something like that. Um, yeah, just I was just just blown away, just blown away that AEW of uh, and TK have backed in JR over their own talent. When we all know that JR will stay there for the length of his contract and then disappear somewhere else. He's also seems like the kind of guy that if Vince gave him a call and asked him to come back, he 100% would. So, um, you know, you talk about being all in on AEW. It's, it hasn't felt like JR has been all in since day one. Um, and that annoys me. Because Dynamite's my show. I love it. And um, I just have this sort of attitude of like, well, if you don't want to be there, don't go away. So it'll be interesting to see what happens because I don't think that will fly very well uh, in the locker room, especially when a lot of those guys have known each other for years, working on the indies and, and Ring of Honor and Impact and all that kind of thing. They're all pretty matesy. So, yeah. Good to see FTR sucking and he's, you know, getting in there and sucking up uh, JR's bum as well. Good work, guys. Cool to be on the right side of the argument. Um, right. <laughs> Pretty negative episode, but um, yeah, there wasn't a there wasn't a huge amount that I was blown away by in, in uh, either episode this week. So I'm going to leave it there. Um, if you are enjoying our podcast, and, and once again, our listenership is, is up, um, and that's all because of you guys, um, you can rate and review us on your wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, if you think we deserve a five-star review, that would be great. You can follow us on the socials. Uh, you can email us at wrestlewolfpodcast at gmail.com, or you can go to our website, which is wrestlewolf.com. Um, all right. Until next week, brother friends, Pepe is dead.